I believe that what's wrong in not just the industry, but the world is that people just aren't speaking their authentic message. People are, whether it's business, there's so many copycat and like, they're just trying to like make a quick buck, but they're not really doing what they're passionate on. I mean, that could be mis- the biggest mistake. Number one. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but I believe, and this is what I believe God's put me on this earth for is to help people speak that message out to the world. I believe that like, I, I call it the inner light. Um, I feel like I've, I've had uh, like a true inner awakening. When more coaches, entrepreneurs, just people in general can speak up and speak that message up to the world and help wake people up to their God-given talents, that's the only way we're gonna combat all of like the negativity, the fear, the scarcity, Everything is pumped out on the media right now. Yeah. And that, like, that's our like inner, like the internal why of what we do. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hey, what's up? You are listening to another episode of the Strong by Design podcast. I am your host, Mike Westerdahl. Today, I'm really happy to be with a friend of mine, a consultant for Critical Bench. He's the in-demand coach, and his name is Jason Meland, which I've been saying incorrectly, and we've got that straightened out. He empowers online coaches to monetize their message and have more impact. He also has a podcast called The School of Impact. In the past eight years, Jason has built multiple six-figure businesses. In fact, he's built three of them in the last eight years in the fitness and coaching space. And most importantly, he's a husband and father of two amazing children. So thanks a lot for being here today. Appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. I look forward to this conversation. All right. What are we going to talk about today? Well, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. Um, You know, which direction do you want to lead this in? Well, let's start off how we we hooked up and how we met. our YouTube channel is uh, just recently hit a million subs, as you know, and we found Jason. And I think we had dinner together once. Um, Vince Delmani was in town, and um, where was it at the Opal Sands, I believe? We had dinner. I think we we're sitting next to each other. We chit chatted a little, but not <clears throat> not too much, excuse me. And um, and then I have started following you on Instagram, and you're doing a lot of uh, live videos and helping people kind of connect with their audience and how to uh, be more relevant, have more impact. And and ultimately sell more and help more people online with video. And um, with YouTube, we've been delivering awesome content for 10 years here, doing a video a day for, I think we had like a seven-year stretch of a video a day, but uh, really wasn't a thing that was making a lot of money for the business. It was more something we were just doing to help people. So I was like, all right, we've kind of given a lot here. We've done a lot to help people. How can we also help people with our products and services and get them to learn more about it? So we called you in for a workshop, got blown away by that information, and I wound up hiring you for some coaching over the last two months to work with our trainers, coaches our video team and uh, that's kind of how we got to know each other starting things off but uh, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about your background how did you um, get into fitness yeah 100 percent. and you know I, I feel like the big direction here is um, and that will kind of lead into is really 
how to help create more impact in this world. You know, this is where everything kind of started. And each one of us have an opportunity, whether we're in business and we want to be able to, you know, increase our income and increase the amount of people that we're helping, or whether we're just really trying to figure out how, you know, what what our purpose is on this planet and what God's put us here to do, you know, that's what we can uncover here in the next, you know, 30, 40 minutes or, or so. Um, but to just kind of kick off with, you know, I uh, got into a little trouble when I was 17. Um, and that I believe was by design. And that sent me on this journey to wanting to really clean up my act. And I moved from South Florida where I was at the time up to North Florida in the Panama city area. And I decided to become a firefighter and I actually worked as a firefighter for about seven and a half years. My goal was to get vested in the uh, Florida state retirement system and and make a decision. Do I want to stay in for 20 or do I want to get out? And well, I believe God answered that for me. And it was through uh, an electrocution accident, which, you know, long story short, this is the thing that like got me in the fitness and that really, I believe changed my life and set me on this path. And I remember it like it was yesterday and we were responding to, you know, a routine, uh, house fire and we were you know on the way the dispatch said hey there's smoke coming out there's flames coming out and we just had reports of two brothers being trapped inside this house and so you know i'm a at the time like a, a young firefighter and you know in my young 20s and i'm like oh search and rescue and so we all get packed up we get on scene my partner and i go to make entry into the house the um the crew our crew went to go turn off the electricity well, so we thought everything was good, right? Well, we're crawling beneath the smoke line. I'm on the hose line. My partner's helping to bring the hose back. We're spraying hot spots. We're we're trying to search rooms at the same time for these for these two brothers. And uh, lo and behold, I went to find the doorway, and my hand hit a dryer. Well, turns out the electricity wasn't turned off in the right spot because they were stealing electricity from their neighbor's house. Oh wow! You know, it wasn't in the best part of town, right? And a 220 volt electrical current went through my body, out my back. It actually went through and hit my partner. Um, And I was immediately pulled out of the house. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie with Jason Statham, it's an old movie called Crank. Yeah. Like where he, (laughs) my heart rate was above, I think like two, it was, it was almost like, it was bad. It was, I can't remember. It was like 220, 230, something insane. They had to throw me in the back of the ambulance. I was in this complete daze, had no idea what was going on. They immediately started pumping me with fluids, rushed me to the hospital. And uh, this is like a pivotal moment. So I ended up being in the hospital for three days and I was released on the third night. So you don't remember like that moment, really? You're like in a daze in the ambulance. Yeah, I, I don't. Re- I remember this initial shock. Everything after that was a, uh, it's a blur. Wow. I just I don't I barely remember the ambulance ride. Um, but I do remember is uh, being pumped with fluids. Um, they had to like regenerate my liver and kidneys. I was in my twenties. It shriveled up so much. They said it looked like a 90 year old man's, Oh my gosh! you know, and what ended up happening. And this was a moment that truly changed everything for me. There was this, uh, doctor white hair looking down on me and I was just <laughs> lying in the hospital bed. And he said, son, at the time, mind you, I was 53 pounds overweight. I wasn't really taking care of myself. And he said, son, you are way too young to be this out of shape. If you keep going, 
the electrocution accident is the is the the, the least of your worries, you're going to end up you're going to end up dying. Wow. This is like the beginning of every scary scary video sales letter. It's yeah. like you're on the operating table. Doctor tells you you're going to die if you don't get yeah. all the things. So, it, you, so you didn't have a background like really in fitness, but you, got, you had to have somewhat to, to get into firefighting, right? Like be able to carry a certain amount of weights. And did the guys work out? I know they eat a lot too. It's a lot of downtime and cooking. They, they do now. Right. Like, it, but it, it, at the time, not really. Most of, most of my station, we were all, over, you know, overweight, out of shape. And I recently went back there. It's been over a decade since I've been gone. Um, and I went back there and they're, they're pretty fit these days, but yeah. But yeah and, and so I took that to heart. I was like, man, he's right. And it was like a wake up call. And I was like, this is a second chance. I believe God's given me a second chance. And so uh, as soon as I got through recovery, I, I wasn't allowed to do stuff for a little bit. As soon as I got out of recovery, I started to just go work out. I didn't know what I was doing, but I started to work out. I started to go in the back of our fire station and I would just do body weight movements. Eventually we were able to get some equipment into our fire station. I would run around the parking lot. I mean, I was, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Right. So I was eating like cans of tuna and you know, like really trying to do it. Well, I ended up losing a lot of weight. I lost 50 I lost more than 50, 55 pounds, probably a little underweight. And, but I, I felt really good. And at the time I was helping my, my shift mates get in shape too. I was helping them lose weight. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just like, Here's. Hey, you're, there's a lesson right there. Even when you don't know what you're doing, start moving and doing something, whether it's fitness or life or anything, just waiting to have it all figured out. Perfect is not going to get you anywhere. Start going, start doing, figure it out as you go. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> You know, I just looked up some YouTube videos. Uh, you know, I wish uh, <laughs> I wish I saw Critical Bench at the beginning back then. Um, but I was just doing stuff that I found. And I ended up really enjoying the process of helping other people get in shape. I thought that was really cool where, uh, you know, I helped one of my shift mates lose like, I mean, he lost a lot. I think like 60 pounds. And wow. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I wasn't really sure how. But I had this like entrepreneurial like uh desire kick up did you always have that or did it start right then i always had it. i just didn't know mm. um i come from a long line of entrepreneurs you know my my grandfather um my late grandfather owned uh like some big hotels out on you know miami beach my dad owned a company he still owns his own a company now so i've come from a long line of entrepreneurs so i think i always had it i just wasn't really sure how to channel it sure and this kind of helps you figure out what your passion is it helped me figure out what my passion was. Because how are you going to do a business not doing something that you like really feel strongly about and that you love? Yeah, 100%. And I'm excited to get into that in a sec. Um, because I think there's a, there is a lot that can be said for people that are starting businesses now. Uh, but before we get into that, um, something that I feel like would be super valuable in this whole story for everybody is... I was at this pivotal point and I know a lot of people probably had to experience this during COVID. Um, this was obviously way before COVID. This was back in 2011. Uh, no, this happened in 2009, the electrocution. I waited two years to get vested in the retirement system. Um, because the advice I got, <laughs> somebody's like, you should do it. And I was like, all right, but I, I knew I wanted to leave. So I waited two years and I really started to study and, and learn up more on fitness and nutrition. And, the time came when I was like, this is a pivotal moment. Do I leave the fire station I'm now vested in? Do I stay and do 20 years or do I leave and follow my passion? Uh, 
I had this strong urge and I do believe that it was God telling me this. There's nothing like it's unexplainable. And I'm sure everybody listening has had this come up in their life in some way. And I was like, I have to follow this path. And everybody thought I was stupid. My family, everybody's like, are you kidding me? You're leaving a career in the fire station. And I was like, I have to. And so it was like, almost like I went backwards. And so I know everybody faces these decisions, whether it's leaving a job to pursue a passion or anything, right? There's all these decisions that come up in their sphere. What if this doesn't work out? What if I look stupid? What if I'm like, what if I do this? And everybody's like, I told you so. Sure. For me, the fear is more of not knowing and not trying like that will haunt me Mm -hmm. like uh, trying it. And it doesn't, what's the worst thing that's going to happen. It doesn't work out and you got to go get a job again. You're just kind of back where you were anyway. At least you can kind of check that off that you tried for me living and never giving it a shot. That would be harder to live with than trying it and failing. 100%. (laughs) And that's, I really feel like that's great advice. And I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't like consciously like, yeah, I'm going to, I was just like, I got to do this. Now you, you went know? all in though, like just quit. And now I'm doing this kind of. So I, I, I was super scared to go t- talk to my chief. I was like, <laughs> uh, so I was like sweating. I was nervous. I was like, okay, I, I knocked on his door. Chief, I want to put my two weeks notice in he, What? He was like, I know you're going to be the one driving around in Maserati's one day. I always know. <laughs> so I was like, I got to go do this. And so, yeah, I left. I sold. I had a, a Camaro at the time, a nice red Camaro. I just, I sold everything and I, I left. I went, I moved back down to South Florida. I worked some odd jobs and stuff just to kind of make some money to, to be able to get things I, going. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't saving. I was spending money on Camaros and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> apartments. But I mean, and, that first business, I mean, just because you, whether it does good or not, there's more. It doesn't have to, the story doesn't have to end just because of some failures. Correct. Like what happened in that, in that first business was a boot camp, wasn't it? Like after you started training some people? Yeah. So I, I actually got a job at LA Fitness um, and working in the big box gyms and I quickly became known. Um, I just, I, I had this knack. I, I feel like this was a gift and people love to train with me. They love the coach with me. So I quickly built up an audience and then I realized that big box gyms don't pay you well. And so I started to train my own clientele and I started to really like, it became noticed and, um, <laughs> it was, it was looked down upon, but I was crushing it. I was doing like at that time, which to me at that time was big money. I was like, I was doing five, six K a month. I was in my young, my long twenties. Then I have responsibilities. I was like, Whoa, this is cool. And so I was like, yeah, I started to, I was like, I'm going to open up my own business. And, uh, we did. Um, we opened up my, between my brother and I actually, he, he is, uh, no longer doing this, but he was a massage therapist before he joined the air force. And we opened up a business called body therapeutics, which is still in existence today. And at the time we were doing training, like we would bring people out to local parks. I'd give them a boot camp workout and then he would give them a massage. <laughs> we were like, this is the best idea in the world. And, uh, people loved it. We would go to people's houses and do it. And he ended up going to the Air Force, so we got rid of the massage part, and it just turned into a boot camp style business. And uh, another little pivotal moment here, and I think this is a great, um, I shared this actually the other day on my social media. This is, I feel like, a really powerful lesson for, um, for people listening right now, where I grew my boot camp business through Groupon, right? To like, and through, uh, you know, referrals back then to about 50 people. It became noticed by the city I was in. Okay. They're like, okay, yeah. 
this is out of hand. I've heard this before. It's like, it's okay, like here and there with some friends, but once it becomes like a business and it's a lot of people, there's like cars and like all of a sudden you got to have permits and licenses, <laughs> which is cool. And I was all cool for it, right? But here's the thing they came to me and they were like, hey, um, we want to do a 70 30 split with you and you can do this. The uh, fields or the town? The, um, the city. Okay. And I was like, you want to take 30% of my profits? And they were like, yep. I'm like, no. There's no way you're going to do that for just giving me the, I'm like, I'm down to give you guys something. But I was like, I don't know with the vision I have, if I can give you guys 30% of my profits forever, right? Is I'm going to have to hire a team. And I'm like, that's a lot. And they were like, that's just the way we do things. I'm like, is there a way to rent the rent, like a park or a field? That's what I said. And they were like, well, and they were just like, and so they told, they, they pretty much kicked me out. And I was just like, at that time I was like, I guess this is it. Then I'm like, you know what? No. I'm doing this. I have an audience of 50 people that are paying me. I'm not going to let them down. I'm not refunding. I'm going. And then I ended up, I used to play hockey, right? And there was an old roller hockey rink that I knew of. And so I went back there. There were sinkholes in it. And uh, one of the hockey fields, a soccer company actually leased from the city. And they turned the hockey rink into a soccer field. And there was two other rinks that weren't touched yet. So I was like, I approached a soccer company. I was like, hey guys, how about I pay you a little bit of money and you let me section. Yeah, you <laughs> let me you let me get this and and they were like, Okay. Of course, right? So it's a good way to do it. Yep. And so I started to train people out there. This hockey rink had a freaking sinkhole in it. So we had to like cordon it off. Um, we were training people in it. <laughs> and the we ended up growing to like about 80 members at the time 80 people the city <laughs> figured it out and they were like came back in and they brought police and they were like you got to get off this property and i was like no i'm subleasing they're like that's illegal you can't do that well they told me no and they they broke it all off again and again my thought was like oh <laughs> i gave it a good run wow and i was like you know what like i felt an urge and like today with like i i really diving into faith i've learned this isn't just an urge that this was like a calling and so i was like i'm not quitting i I was like i'm gonna go if they're telling me no i'm gonna go i'm gonna go talk to the mayor and so i ended up going to the mayor i got in touch with the mayor i joined the chamber of commerce and i was like i made myself a staple in the community i was like they're not i I am gonna be a staple here they're not they're not telling me to leave and the mayor, I ended up befriending like the mayor. You're not selling drugs. You're trying to get people in shape. <laughs> that was my thought, right? And so I ended up going to uh, the Chamber of Commerce um, and I immediately applied to be like, not immediately, but I, I joined like referral groups, you know, like BNI right. type groups. And I ended up really becoming known over the, the course of a year. Uh, mind you, I was still doing, I didn't take no for an answer. I was still doing it. And it was this big feud between myself and the city and the YMCA. Oh my gosh. Because the YMCA was in that same plaza, in that same kind of park. And they were like, this dude's taking our market share. Like <laughs> these people see this boot camp and they're all leaving the YMCA. And uh, which was an aquatic center. It wasn't even a full YMCA. So I don't know what they were complaining about, but they're not like they had a big gym. Um, but anyway, so I befriended the mayor and the, the chamber of commerce. And I decided that I was going to throw a ribbon cutting. <laughs> I through the ribbon cutting, the mayor came, the whole shebang. This is for the place next to the YMCA. Where are you now? In the same the same hockey rink. Okay. We um, fixed the sinkhole by the time in that year process. Um, we we had the soccer company fix the sinkhole. 
uh, but we had the ribbon cutting um, and we had city officials come out. They could not say anything because the mayor was there. Right. <laughs> and so like they, they, they cut, they, they officially cut it. And then the city, the, the parks and recs guys came and they were like, listen, this after a year, cops being called a big feud. They were like, we're going to turn our cheek. They're like, I, 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 they're like we don't know how you did this <laughs> you went over their heads is what you did <laughs> and so the big the big message and takeaway here so is i was gonna say what are the what are the take i would say one i'm seeing here is just persistency and determination and grit and just keeping with something and not quitting because if you think starting a business or really anything worthwhile in life is just going to be a simple trick or some easy thing you can do that's what we're all kind of told in life but that's not how it works you got to keep at it and you got to go through the failures and the set setbacks after setbacks and mm-hmm. that, that's what you did and then what's your, what's your takeaway not taking no for an answer on something that you're passionate about rules are meant to be rewritten sometimes sometimes they have rules in place because they don't know how right so they wanted me they wanted to classify me as a boot camp and i was like i'm not i'm an outdoor fitness center they're like you're running a boot camp i'm like you don't know the vision this is what this is we're gonna help people here i'm gonna help thousands of people in this city like how are you saying like I wasn't taking no for an answer. And so if you have a dream right now, if you have a, a passion, if you have something, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have something that you want to accomplish and you're letting somebody else tell you no, you're letting somebody else dictate your results or your, your behaviors, your actions, your thoughts. If you're letting another human being, it doesn't matter if it's a rule. I've learned now that rules can be broken. You know, it's not like, yeah, I'm going to, the rule is don't deal drugs. Okay. You probably shouldn't deal drugs maybe. Right. But like when you have a good intention, when you have good, like a, a purpose, it, think about that sometimes. Like if, is there a way, like, can you, you know what I'm curious about how, um, like, were you on an Island there or was you and your brother? Like, what other influencers are coming in? Because you've got maybe family and other friends that think you're probably being irresponsible or crazy or causing trouble that doesn't need to be started. But but you had that kind of uh, passion. You felt like it was a calling. Like, obviously, you had God on your side telling you to do that. That's stronger than anything. But what about the external kind of influences and people where today you and I both know we got to surround ourselves with other people. We got to be careful who we share our dreams with. You go and share your dreams with wrong people, family members or certain friends. They don't need to know everything. Careful who you share things with because a lot of people are going to shoot you down. Did you have anybody in your life at that time that was like on board and supporting you and uh kind of thinking big like you were 100 percent, my wife awesome wasn't my wife at the time but um she <laughs> everybody thought it was crazy maybe she did too but she didn't say it and she didn't show it she was just like you know what you got this like you can do this you know um and i think having that was was super helpful because i was i'm very stubborn and i was like i'm not giving up but could you imagine having the opposite problem where your spouse or wife or partner or whatever like is against what you're trying to do and thinks it's bad and like mm-hmm. I, I could not imagine being able to like I guess blossom or grow or do what I need to do having someone at home or in and, life that's like doesn't think you should do it. And I and I I feel like that is a big common problem. You know, I've helped now hundreds and hundreds of coaches and I see that a lot of times. And it's like, what are you willing to tolerate? You know, um, for me, I'll block. And and this is maybe a blessing and a curse. Uh, I think it's hurt relationships. um, But 
Uh, I don't think I know it's hurt relationships, but for me, I will just block anybody out uh, and not because I, I, it's not even a negative thing. It's nothing against anybody. But if, if somebody's not in alignment or congruency with my vision, they're being blocked out and it's nothing against the person. It's just how my brain operates. And I've been like this for a very long time. What does blocked out mean? Because blocked out doesn't mean they're cut out. You don't ever speak to them again. It might just mean maybe they're not part of this or you're not sharing that with them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean like, I'm going to limit my exposure. And And that think, I think that's tricky for people. I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast on this, but like what kind of access you give people. Yeah. To me, I don't think too much about it. It's just very (laughs) limited. You know, it just, I'm once one track. It's like, this is the destination we're going, which thank God, because that business is still in existence. You know, we were able to like put nice, beautiful turf in there. We built a ninja gym, um, on the side and you know, it's became South Florida's to this day. It's only outdoor fitness center, not a boot camp, but an actual fitness center. We built machines out there. We actually got to a point where an investor came in and, um, uh, uh, helped invest a franchise like no or covering on it. It's fully outdoor, fully outdoor. So the rain, you know, obviously is a hindrance, but people still come wow. as long as it's not like lightning. It doesn't get rusted up and stuff in the rain. Nope. Um, well, Ninja Warriors, all out, a lot of it's outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's indoor facilities like, uh, you just like got to take care for the equipment. There was like a shed out there. Like we got one of those big storage containers and, um, you know, it's went on. I mean, we tried to franchise it. That's a whole nother story where we failed miserably, unfortunately, but that was a good lesson. Um, you know, like Bedros's fit body boot camp and like a lot of these big, um, nine rounds and these, they, they crushed us. They, we, we, we had the best and I could have made it work, but we got crushed early on and I was just like, ah! which kind of leads me to where we're going. Right. Um, I was crushed during the franchise crushed. Like, put me 40 negative 45k in debt um my loans credit cards like i was doing everything to make this work and my stubbornness of not taking over an answer uh at this point it turned into a blessing but it wasn't good and i don't know if anybody's experienced something (laughs) like this where you're just like ooh, you know when it rains it pours and you know i feel like things come in threes sometimes also it's like yeah i'm not superstitious at all but it just seems to be like as soon as one or two things happen there's like another one or two coming before before you get through it yeah <laughs> well this would have been the third um i didn't bring something up earlier but i don't know if it's necessary you know uh, uh maybe it is um i can add this in and we'll dive into um some maybe strategic or tactical things too uh so this was right when I started my business. I kind of left this part out, but I feel like it might help feed and, and kind of give some value in terms of like not giving up where uh, my firefighter buddies came down. It's been a few years at this point since I seen them. I just started my business, right? We were um, already at that park uh, the you know, where we started the center and we were out for some beers. I feel like something bad. You're going to tell me something bad. Nah. <laughs> well, after just a few beers, I drove home completely fine, right? A couple, we've all had a couple beers. Well, I was pulling into my parking lot, and there was a cop sitting on my street, pulled in. It was in my, it was in my, my driveway, <laughs> turned those lights on, uh, got me out of the car in my driveway, and I... T- I was drinking, right? I had been drinking. Long story short, DUI, uh, major setback. I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive. Um, at the time, I didn't have a storage container. All of my equipment was in my truck still. 
So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. <laughs> Not right. only was it a very expensive lesson, um, but uh, I, I didn't know how I was going to make it work. So I ended up having to ride my bicycle with a duffel bag. I couldn't take all my equipment. I just literally couldn't. A duffel bag on my back. I had backpacks and I had all these things. And I was riding my bike <laughs> to this park about a mile and a half. And people thought I was insane. <laughs> it's but, not funny, but what else are you going to do at this point? I couldn't. Like, <sighs> and I ended up having to like leave some equipment at this park. I had to hide it because I didn't have a storage container at that time. Um, hide some dumbbells under some leaves by the tree. Yeah, we put it. We had to like put it out in the back and like cover it up so people didn't like. But yeah, it was rough. And so like just, you know, we'll kind of end this like portion off with just the, the concept here is like if you have a passion, if you have a dream, if you have something that you want to pursue, their life will throw you obstacles. And, you know, I heard this this saying, and this could be for if you're off path, where first God will throw a pebble then he'll throw a rock and then he'll throw a boulder to make sure he wakes you up. And I was definitely getting the boulders. I'm sure everybody here has got boulders before. And sometimes you just have to kind of wake up um, to what that is. And it's like, stop learning the same lessons over and over. Mm -hmm. And, and these obstacles are hard to know why or what the timing is on it. But now fast forward, you can look back and look at those things as almost blessings or corrections, things that were helpful for you to where you are now. Maybe you wouldn't have got here without going through some of those hardships. 100%. You know, and I think a lot of people, they, they, they hold on to hardships, whether it's from their childhood or from, you know, teenage years in high school or from business lessons. And they, they let that define them, right? When instead, you know, for example, when going back, looping back around to close the loop on the negative 45K in debt thing, I remember this, I was running at Facebook ads and our, we pretty much grew our business through networking and ads, right? And the ads stopped working as much. I was out of the business. I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the right systems in place to franchise. Uh, I thought I would, I thought it, but the systems just weren't there. I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know back then, right? And so I was sitting in my gym parking lot in the, in the outdoor fitness center parking lot. I was in my, um, my blue Silverado, which I still have. This was 2017. My daughter was just born. I was um, gripping my steering wheel and I couldn't pay myself. I literally had, I couldn't pay myself for months at this point as I was taking out so much this debt. This was your first child? Yeah. And I remember my wife being like, I'm here to help, but like we're, we're racking up our own personal debt too. Business taking on debt, we're racking up debt. Uh, and I was just like, I don't want to be this kind of father. Yeah. Like, and so I remember looking in the rearview mirror and I was crying. I was saying some rather profound, you know, words. I was angry at myself and I was just like, you know what? I, I, I can't go, I, I can't, I can't go on like this. And I didn't know what to do. And so the theme here is like, okay, I can be a victim. Facebook ads aren't working. I'm sure I can figure it out, but what can I do right now? And so I was like, well, I'm in the chamber of commerce. There's plenty of speaking opportunities. Let me go try to speak. And so I did. And the first speaking gig I got was to a bunch of children about vegetables. <laughs> and everybody was telling me no, but they told me yes. It was a, a nutrition store. Nice. And so I did a speaking event to, to, and I was like, all right, how can I turn this into some sales? And so I... It's uh, like, how much is your allowance? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, the parents you only, were there. You only got three bucks? All right, well, I'll cut you a deal. The, the parents were there and <laughs> shoppers 
Right. And so I ended up um, uh, pitching to the parents. I was like, hey, we got these. Uh, I, I had just started because I was trying to get out of, I was trying to pivot out of this mess I was in. So we had started like a hybrid online uh, program to our gym. Um, it was called our flag group, Fat Loss Accountability. 2017, you're saying? Mm-hmm. And and thank God you did this before when everyone else did it in COVID. Yeah. In, in 2020, everyone's like, oh, no, no one's Ooh. coming to the boot camp or the gym anymore. I got to go online. And it forced everybody online. You were three years ahead of the curve there. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't. We weren't really had system, but I had something, right? Right. At least you got started there. And so when I was speaking, I recognized that, like, I signed up one parent. One parent said, hey, I'm going to come to your gym. She signed up. And then I was like, well, that's a sign of life. And so I was like, how can I do this more? So I reached out to the Chamber of Commerce and I was like, hey, can and they, they end up giving me a speaking gig? This time it was in front of 100 people, or maybe 150 at a Chamber of Commerce breakfast. Everybody was mesmerized. I thought it was terrible. Everybody was like, all phones were down. Taking and, notes. And- yeah. And I was just like, in my mind, I was like, I'm terrible. I was like, this is bad. Um, but they, everybody like loved it. And like, I had all these people come out in my fitness center and then I started doing other gigs. Do you think you're a natural speaker or I don't, um, I actually didn't speak according to my mom until I was like five. I didn't really speak. I was shy, introverted my entire life. Um, but I do believe that this is a gift that God gave me. And I believe that like the reason I didn't speak for so long is because, um, I believe you're presented with the polarity of your gift at times where you, <laughs> you kind of like experience the polar opposite. Um, and how naturally this came to me, like if you look back, um, at some of my speaking, you may be like, Oh my God, if I look back, I'm going to be like, but people, people seem to like it. And I was just like, I don't know why, but I'm going to keep doing it. And I recognized at the time, Facebook had recently made live video, uh, a function, they first opened it up because they were trying, you know how Facebook, uh, and it, Mark, if you're listening to this, you know, <laughs> shout out to you, but you know, Facebook's always taking or metaverse, right? They're always taking what everybody else is doing, you know, and they stole from Periscope. <laughs> they were like, Hey, Periscope is doing these lot. And so uh, at least it's what I think. So I started seeing like the rock. I started seeing all these celebrities doing lives in 2016 and 2017, uh, at some point around there, they made it available for anybody to do. And so I was like, I'm going to start going live. I can speak at any time. And I did. And I was so there. I had like, I had scripts of like Microsoft word documents that I printed. They were waving in the wind. I was just like, I was running up hills and stuff. And like, I was still terrible. I still have some of these videos and it was bad. Hey, well you had to do it to get better. Correct. And there's a quote that I love and it's uh, in order to be great, you first have to be good. In order to be good, you first have to be bad. In order to be bad, you first have to try, right? And a lot of people just don't try. Right. Because they're afraid of being well, bad. Fr- right. The fear of failure and being bad and humiliation. That's, yeah. There's a lot of things to be afraid of there, but... There is, and we can dive into that because I have some really... But if you are afraid, really... listen to the last episode we did called Fear Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have some tactical things, too, for anybody that does want to do some live speaking on live camera, and you're like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm a little... I don't know if I can well, do it's that. it's encouraging, though, because when you see people on stage really delivering a great message and they're engaging and authentic and you're like, well, I wish I could do that or that's just not me. Like you think somehow they just stepped up there unprepared and naturally that's how it comes out. 
uh, it's like same thing with comedy routines and stuff. These guys practiced at like small little clubs before they got to the big stage. You know, they have this routine down pat that they've been practicing and it's developed just like any skill, any sport, anything in business. I mean, you might have a passion for it, but it's going to take time and, and work to develop those skills. 100%. So. Yeah. And that's like with anything, it doesn't matter if it's like, uh, you're trying to get fit, right? And you just need to really put the repetitions in and learn the habits and develop the character traits to keep fit. It's the same thing with business. It's like there's skills that you have to learn, you know? Um, and this is what I, I kind of learned is with speaking, it's nothing more than really doing sales copy, right? It's like you're just doing sales copy, but you're speaking it versus writing it. And, you know, a light bulb went off in my head um, with the live videos. And I was just like, man, people seem to be reaching out to me. And I'm like, How, how'd you hear about me? How'd you hear about us? Uh, we watch your lives. Huh. So I went all in 340 lives in the next year and um, people started to take notice. I started getting offers to be on live television. I ended up getting booked on live television shows. Um, This gave me the confidence and and really the competence, the unconscious competence to go out for national platforms like American Ninja Warrior, which. Yeah, I was going to ask you when that fit in the timeline. This was in, um, so I started going out for it in 2000, around that same time, end of 2017, but 2018. Been obviously training for it for years as part of the... 2016, I think is when I really started training, but I was a little bit too, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to apply for the show because how you apply for the show, for those that don't know, is you submit a three minute video. In the video, you have to demonstrate. You you have to demonstrate skills. You have to tell a story and show them that you have. It's TV, right? So you got to sell on video, which is what you're like. You got to sell on video, anyway. right? <laughs> and so the first time I, I went out for it, I used my electrocution accident, and they called me, right? And they have what's called a 200 uh, top 200 list, and they they'll trim that down to top 100 per region. There's like six regions total, and so there's 600 competitors total, and there's like thousands this day and age there's like tens of thousands of people that apply i mean they're looking for people that are marketable too not just the Correct. best athletes so that who's got a good story who's energy. good on camera and got energy who's gonna like get Bring the it. get the people to watch yep 100 percent. and so i was whittled down from tens of thousands to the top 200 and i was so psyched man i was like i'm like i'm in my first year doing it i'm like look at this and uh, they ended up calling me back and they cut me. And they were like, there was another guy that got electrocuted, but he died. And you didn't physically die. You were just kind of like oh, unconscious. Like he came back to life or something. Yeah. And they were like, his story is better. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he died more. <laughs> it's like, so we're going to use him. And I was like, oh. he got electrocuted more than you. So. And so um, long story short, they, they changed this up a, a bit now, but back in 2007, this was in, this is actually, I'm sorry. This was in 2000. 18 or 9 it's 2018 2018 yeah um they had a walk online well this is down in miami you had to wait in the walk online uh you don't have to stay there the whole time but you have to show up to the walk online for basically nine to five i had to wait there for 28 days oh my gosh <laughs> 28 days i had to like do my business um out of that walk online i i luckily i had trainers at my gym still um i had to run my like my operate i was doing everything in my the parking lot there 28 days, I was number 13 in the walk online. Um, they usually run the top 20 competitors. So I was like, I'm in, right? I'm in. Day of the show, I got on, the, you know, I was in, I got on. They were like, you're in. I was got my competitor number. Um, at the time, they, I think they changed it up now, uh, post-COVID. But they run overnight, 
right? 4 a.m. to 4, um, I'm sorry, 4 p.m. is when they get people there. They start the running when it gets dark um, as they were doing it all outdoors and they ended at 4 a.m. Well, it was around 1 a.m., uh, 1.30 a.m., I was called into the warm-up area. I was like, oh, my God, this is my chance. I see the big, bright lights, and I'm like, this is it. Dream come true. Um, There's a little backstory here. I wanted to do this for since they started. This was like a dream of mine for about a decade. Wow. Um, I just had recently started going out for it. It took me six years to build up the confidence to even do ninja. So I was like, oh, I'm not. A, I'm not a ninja. I'm a athlete. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a. I'm a sprinter now. Like this is right. But anyways, see the see the lights. I'm like, this is my shot. I'm in the warm up area. Well, a really bad thunderstorm came through Miami that night. It was in Bayfront down in Miami. And they had to shut down production. And they had enough um, at the time. They had enough footage that it's Hollywood, right? It's like money for them to set this stuff up. They closed it all down. And I was lost my chance. And I was just devastated. I mean, I'm a grown man, but I'm not afraid to admit, like, I was crying. Like, this was, like, a really important dream. Uh, and I was just devastated. I was just like, are you kidding me? And... I almost wanted to give up on Ninja. I was like, are you serious? And I was just like, all right. And so after I got over it, I was just like, I'm obviously emotionally attaching to this a little bit too much for it to impact me this much. I recognize that about myself. I was like, that's a little bit too much. The next year came around 2019. I applied for the show. Same thing. I got cut, got a call, got cut. I'd actually called the producer and I was like, Hey man, how do, can you give me, any, I didn't call him. I emailed him and he set up a phone call with me and uh, I was like, how can I, well, there's a lesson right there about being proactive. Like you went back and talked to the mayor when, when you needed to, you're emailing the producer. It's like people do not usually take any extra steps and they just assume it's not going to work. They get tons of these. Everyone's bothering them. Nobody, nobody's doing this stuff. It's like you email the producer. You might've been like one of the only guys that like asked for feedback or wanted to like get some help. Same thing happens in business. People that want to work with you. It's like, they don't, you can give your phone number out at a speaking event and like no one in the crowd will call because they think like you'll never talk to them or everyone else is calling. So I have no chance. Yep. It's like doing these little things matter. 100%. Yeah. But he emailed me. He, he's like, send me your video and he reviewed it. And this is actually where I really learned about hooks. Uh, and he said the first 10 for him, it was like first 10 seconds matter. Captivate. He's like, if you have to jump out there like naked, like captivate them. So they're like, we got to watch this video. And it's the same thing if you're doing videos for your business, whether it's live videos or pre-recorded videos, uh, YouTube videos, right? It's like the the hook matters because that's what gets attention. And uh, this day and age, you know, this is like the pattern interrupt first, right? Pattern interrupt first. So something just you're not expecting. I'm like sitting on the couch with the kids and we watch uh, Ninja Warrior sometimes and they're kind of doing something else. They might be, have their a game or they might be like playing with the dog, but the TV's on and it's like someone gets introduced. Maybe they look, maybe they don't. But if a guy jumps out doing something crazy, like everyone stops and stares at him. Now you got the attention and then you've like you're about to say quickly, you've got to have some kind of hook or story or something quickly, right? 100%. And you look at like the old, uh, the old, um, 
like newspaper ads they used to run where it's like sex and then they're like now to talk about insurance and it's right. like you don't want to do anything like that right that just <laughs> no not the bait and switch yeah but like the <laughs> legitimate the legitimate hooks clickbait yeah um but yeah that was so that was valuable for my business because i was like i can apply that same advice to my business uh, did you get any good exposure from uh being on the show i did and I'll, i can explain how to use your story too um you know what ended up happening with this is I didn't get a call back that year, but they were in Atlanta because they, they changed the regions, they changed the locations. And I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go to the walk-on line. This time they changed the walk-up line, the walk-up line or walk-on line to a lottery system. So you didn't have to wait in line because it was destroying ninjas and people were complaining. Like it was, you can't wait for a month. <laughs> and it's like, and so the, they, they decided that they were going to do a lottery that you just show up hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of ninjas will come to the location. You get a lottery ticket. They're going to pick the top 20, right? They're just going to pull numbers. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. There's no freaking way. Like, and my wife was like, do it. She was like, this is your dream. She was like, do it. So, uh, happy wife, happy life. I listen. Right. And so I did it. I took a, I got a one-way plane ticket to Atlanta, flew out to Atlanta. They were doing it at the Mercedes Benz stadium. I got there the day before they did the, the lottery. Uh, and I was chosen. I was picked. I was number 11. And the night, they were still doing overnight filming. This is 2019 now. And uh, we were waiting in line. It was 20 degrees in Atlanta. I'm a Florida boy, so I am freaking cold. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still just Atlanta. I'm just like... <laughs> Can I go to Minnesota or I'm something? just like shivering out there. It's like... Um, and it's all night. We got there at 4 p.m. They usually cut filming at 4 a.m. It was 3.58 am i was already expecting another devastation i was like there's no it's 358 i've been here all night freezing and i hear them say we have one more runner that we're gonna do tonight and i was just like i see people out in line and i'm just like that's it then all of a sudden i hear the producer say jason land and i was just like what instantly my body just like forgot about the cold and it was just like you're up <laughs> and i was just like oh and so I, I went up there and like i was just like hey i was just in shock i was just like this is happening and so i'm getting on stage and i held up my ticket number 11 and i look at the audience and I said, never give up on your dreams. And everybody just went crazy. And they're like, you can see like Akbar coming back there. Like it was, they went crazy. And I ended up running the course. And I, you know, I fell early, uh, earlier than I should with all the training that I have. But, you know, <laughs> it seems like that always happens. It's like the best story. And the guy you want to win the most. And you're like, oh, I love this guy. That's such a good story. And then the first thing they fall in. And you're like, come on. I know like you're really good. But I made it past the first. I made it past the first obstacle but yeah I, I fell in um but it's whatever i was like you know what i wasn't even that devastated i i, I was a little bit but then i was like you know what i made it you were on it i made it i made it and i was just like this this surreal moment of like kind of full circle of like the theme just never give up on your dreams don't take no for an answer you know and this is the theme throughout this right it's like everybody that says no the lessons that i've learned and that i'm hoping to pass on today is that just because it's a no doesn't mean it's a no. Just because somebody says something, if you have a passion, if you believe that there's a dream, that there's a vision, it's like, go to the mayor. 
email the producers. Like, do what you've got to do to... You still may get told no. I think it'd just be no, not right now. Not no forever. And that is part one of the episode with guest Jason Milan. Never give up on your dreams. Hope you enjoyed that and got a lot out of it. We actually decided after recording that this would be better in two parts. So we will be releasing that in just a few days on Saturday. Part two coming up with Jason. Never give up on your dreams. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.